Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, once again, Talk Cosmos, Leading Edge Conversations, Awakening Your Authentic Self or Soul Growth. And today is January 18, 2022, and we're in this kaleidoscope of many, many strong aspects. I know that begins to sound like a, well, like once upon a time, but the fact is, is, is it is a theme. It is a theme continuing this incredible transformation that collectively and individually we experience. On Talk Cosmos, today's subject is the upcoming nodal return. It's occurring on the 18th. No, wait a minute. Today is the 18th. Thank you. What am I, am I, am I correct here? I've been working and juggling so many different days. Yes. At any rate, um, January 18th. Today's not the 18th. Today is the 16th. I knew something was wrong. Okay. Thank you. Grounding, grounding. We are still with Capricorn as a sun archetypal period. Today is the 16th of January. And in two days on the 18th will be a new cycle that represents, it's related to our moon on its path that connects with the orbit of the sun. It's the lunar nodal points, south and north. South is where we came from. North is where we're heading. We integrate these. There's a lot of conversation for those that don't know about it. It's something really to understand and and to learn. And this will be part of that process, hopefully, for you. But the South represents where collectively we have common experience. And the North is what is the polar opposite. And we're embracing. And we do, as the course goes along in life. We're born with this signature and we experience it on a collective basis where everybody's transits you know relate to them in some dimension and it's an 18 month cycle and it occurs every 18 years back to its point and 11 days and eight hours and then again there's another cycle of 19 years but that gets a little involved but the point being right now while we are still at the very last degrees of Gemini, meaning zero Gemini, this goes in reverse from what we're thinking of the zodiac progression, because it has to do with anyway. We yeah, on the 18th will be 29 degrees Taurus, and this conversation, like last with Planet Buzz, will continue a, a conversation about it because it's manifests in many wonderful ways and we have a brand new group meaning we are now ready for cosmic collaboration investigating the deeper archetypal questions related to understanding astrological energetic aspects for growth patterns to unify mind body spirit and emotions this is your cosmic collaboration panel i'm sue rose minahan host of talk cosmos an evolutionary astrologer and consultant plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. 
I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. And I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, you You are are the entire entire ocean in in a drop. (laughs) Hello, Amanda. It's so great. Yeah, we missed our December uh, connection, which actually I know worked out very well. And so glad to return in 2022 as we look back at this cusp of time. And for us personally, it means a really, I get emotional just thinking about it, but a big change because our good companion on this program, Susie Kerr, right from Nashville, Tennessee, which was a whole different part of the country, right? I mean, you're in the West, Northwest, and I'm since moved over here to the big island in Hawaii with 3,000 miles between us. But then further over was Nashville, Tennessee. And Susie Kerr, right, since March, all for eight months there, kept up and, and offered so much. And she, she passed. She passed on December 30th. She was hospitalized and didn't make it. So it's a a mourning and recognition of the past. And she's all tied up with it, you know, as far as great experiences and renewing ourselves as we, like with the birth of these nodes. Yeah, she was, Susie, she was such a wonderful, vibrant spirit and, She'll be missed personally by us, but also in the the broader astrological astrological community. She she just was so knowledgeable. So I just wish her soul well on its journey. Yes, and she offered a lot of fun stuff. I mean, it, she personally was also a psychic medium, and had what she had like a little gypsy cart that she painted and everything, and very theatrical. Always wore a flower in her hair. So it's the energy. It's really a gift to realize, especially as we're going into the nodes with um, uh, ahead with Taurus as the North Node and Scorpio as the South Node. It is this between resources, life and death. It can be in the physical, but it can also often be in the facial, some phase of life. But it is interesting that in this case, her actual life passing, and here we are renewing cosmic collaboration. Yes, yes. So love Susie, always will, and she'll be with us in, in our hearts. Yeah. So as a rebirth... We want to introduce gratefully and wonderfully two new, we hope, members. There's always a little bit of an intro beginning everything. So who to choose? I will choose John Chinworth first. He's a Seattle astrologer, consultant, and actually been on Talk Cosmos way back at the first year because we're completing our fourth year amazingly. And John has two over two years of experience, and he grew up in South Arizona was obsessed with mythology and branded the Greco-Roman pantheon into his psyche. So he uses a multitude of work, but considers himself evolutionary, but involves the traditional 
And he studied with Stephen Forrest and Julian Lewis and just received his certificate diploma with the IAA, that's the International Academy of Astrology. So this is quite an achievement. And we're really glad to have you back with us, John. It's a treat. And he also holds an MFA with Naropa University because he's worked many, um, and an MA from Seattle U. He has a lot of education here. And he works as a special education teacher with developmentally disabled resource students. And so it adds such a dimension. We're glad to meet and uh, find out about John on Cosmos. We have a website and it has a guest. You know, it's always under revision, but at this moment it would be under radio show and you'd go down to fourth, fourth uh, um, season. Thank you, John, for joining. It'll be great. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to be and here. In yes. And in addition, we have Julie Anglin. Now, Julie is down in California. Both Amanda and John are in Seattle, although Julie was originally from Seattle. That's right. And oh, yeah. Over 30 years as an intuitive healer and meditation teacher and lifelong study of astrology with spiritual work. And so she gives intuitive astrology consultations and has recently interviewed women about the energy of money. That's how we were in a class together with Alan Clay with the dwarf planets. And that communication led me to think, hey, maybe Julie would be a good fit. And I think we have a good, powerful foursome here. And currently she's doing a meetup group um, uh, providing women uh, that moment of healing and creativity reflection and it's about the moon cycle so again anything you want to know about julie or amanda or john just go to talk cosmos website is dot com and right there is a lot of information thank you julie thank, thank you, you john and thank you amanda yeah so we are talking about the nodal Taurus, the nodal axis, Taurus and Scorpio, and our title called The Fixed Work, which will be kind of the theme as we carry through this. It is incredible. It's in two days, but you know, today, oh, I will start off with this. It shifts who we are listening to as guiding our path forward. Not only does it have a new area, but we're also looking at different rulers because we've been talking about more cerebral-oriented energies with Mercury and Jupiter ruling the two nodes of Gemini and Sagittarius. And now we're shifting to Venus and Pluto, although Mars. For, many, well, for many with traditional, it includes Mars, to, depending, and inclusively, yes. So that's tremendously different. Yeah, energies. Well, and and I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else is feeling this, but I can, I'm already feeling the shift. And I'm uh, partly wondering if that's because the mean nodes actually shifted back on December 23rd. So depending on whether you're looking at the true nodes or the mean nodes, um, there's a little bit of a difference. So True nodes shift on the 18th. The mean nodes shifted on 
the 23rd of December. So I, is anyone else feeling it? Can, can you guys well, feel the shift in that Taurus Scorpio? A comment, just if I might, about the mean nodes, because I just noticed that David Cochran that does vibrational, you know, astrology. We had Linda Berry on for uh, the 26th, no, for, for the uh, solstice that was illuminating about it. She also, she was trained by David Cochran and they do this huge research, but he says, I just read this, that the mean nodes really aren't relevant. Now I know this is controversial with everything, but I am, but I'm glad you brought it up because I agree just quickly. Yes, there has been a shift, but there's been so many energies, like for instance, to, um, with, and so let's elaborate on that because today happens to be where the sun and Pluto in Capricorn are, are conjunct, but the, the shift when, may I ask, when did you start feeling this shift? Oh, I don't know. It just kind of started to eke its way in. So I've definitely been noticing it for the last couple of weeks. I think I've noticed it since the first of January in Italy. I well, Gemini rising Sagittarius sun, a lot of planets in Sagittarius and I'm feeling this like I'm having to ground and it's uncomfortable for me. Mm. I just want to fly around and you know, be a Sag, be a gem. Yeah, so, that Gemini yeah. Sag energy. Mm-hmm. It might also be because Venus is retrograde. And, you know, right. that really does play into this feeling of reaching into yourself for Venus-themed uh, issues. It's mean, very significant. And it's almost like a shadow period, like a retrograde shadow period. It's not the same, but there's sort of this inkling. And Julie, I'm glad that brings up a potent point that there was the Venus star point, you know, the one of the five uh, um, Ariel Goodman and does a lot of energy. Uh, t- uh, teachings about this, that, that when the sun and Venus get together, it's a whole cycle of Venus. And so, yes, that, and that happens to be this time when it was in a retrograde um, cycle. So yes, it, there are, okay, this gets to my thought about messages, because I was thinking along this line, Amanda, whether it's one cause or another, that we do, when, when the aspect happens, because astrology realizes it can happen on a day, and then there's an orb, as we call it, when there's influences, because everything is vibrational. Science is learning this all the time. And that, in other words, messages, and in a sense, it's very much like the retrograde purpose of reassessing. You know, we get a message, you, but you, like you were saying too, John, it, it, it waits for a while till it gets grounded or till we can absorb it. Or, or put it into perspective or shift something else it takes time. So we get these messages and then they, it's like a process. So I, I think, yes, there have been little increments all along the line and continue to be. Well, and, and if I may, uh, with the Jupiter into Pisces, I think it really mm-hmm. underscores the accelerated sensitivity we have to energy. So we're all picking up on it probably sooner than we have in the past. So I think it's really an indication of of how sensitized our bodies are becoming to these types of shifts. Beautiful. And Jupiter has been squaring, as we call in astrology, as toggling exactly in the middle between the past and the future. And it represents, of course, all our philosophy. And it's, as you say, it changed energetic signs where it's gone from this 
Aquarian uh, elevation of humanity for the best to this world, to, to the forces un, beyond ourselves in Pisces of spirituality. And I mean, this is the best side of it. There's also, I mean, everything has two sides. I was thinking uh, with uh, the South Node going into Scorpio, which is a challenge to maybe deepen the psyche a little bit or deepen concentration a bit with Jupiter going into Pisces, which is kind of expanding your consciousness and those having to work together. Oh, thank you. That's a good and point. And being the South yeah. Node, uh, uh, things from the past you may have to remember and work on, I don't know. <laughs> it's been incredible it's on a personal basis without wanting to go there, how I've had to go back 50 years. <laughs> Some of my things that have happened. Yes. Yeah. Past. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it's really, in, it's really interesting how we've, how the, the flow of the, the astrological, astrological energies is um, working with our, what's happening out in the world and how, you know, for the last two years, things have been incredibly stressful and, of course, it made sense that we'd be in a Gemini Sag period where we're not really fully in our bodies. And, and maybe we needed that. Maybe we needed to kind of just be more mental and, and inspirational fire. And now things are calming down a bit and getting a little more new normal, I guess. And now there's an opportunity to kind of step back into the body more and into the emotions. I mean, because when we you go through like a global trauma like we did it's just like you just kind of got to get through it and you'll deal with the emotional part when you can so i think this is a big invitation for us to come back into the body come back to, into the emotions and and that jupiter in uh, in pisces as well is is inviting inviting that too I like that. It's almost as though we're we're pulling into a phase where we're feeding ourselves new material. So we're we're feeding our bodies mm-hmm. through Taurus and we're feeding our spiritualness through Scorpio. And you know, the Venus um component with uh Taurus, it's really kind of renegotiating the relationship to the body physically. And I kind of think that's that's really going to have some strong undercurrents about how we feed ourselves, how we take care of our bodies, how we ground our energy into our bodies. I noticed with, with the shift, just a few days where I noticed a real change in my meditation space, how much easier it was to ground to the earth. And there's like a total shift in the energy on the planet. So um, good stuff. We've needed that. Yeah, definitely needed it. And we don't have any, this year, there are no major outer planner as, outer planet aspects. So that gives us more some space to kind of process and reground ourselves. Like, I know that everybody wants to like go and move forward. And that's kind of the challenge with the fixed energy. It's like, it's kind of in place. But I think that's, there's a divine purpose there. It's allowing us to really kind of regroup and and kind of get our bearings and process through the stuff that we've just been through before we step into the Aries North node um, in 2023, <laughs> <laughs> which is going to be like, whoo. Well, yeah. That's fascinating to consider that it's the personal planets because I was just recognizing that as, as we speak, as of the 12th, four days ago, 
Mars went out of bounds, meaning that its orbital cycle is a little bit beyond what the sun's path would be, the elliptical. And so it doesn't really have to, in, in traditional terms, talk to the sun. It can do what it wants to do. And it will stay out of bounds for a month. Meanwhile, as I was reminded, Venus is retrograde. That's apparent vision from our source of, of Earth, meaning that we are reassessing those values that we're all talking about. And then, of course, with Mercury, that's just become retrograde yesterday. So all three personal planets are really either digesting, redigesting, or just who knows how Mars wants to go. But, yeah. you know, yeah, quite a, the personal I'll, planets. I'd like to mention about Ceres, which I call a personal planet. It's a dwarf planet. It's the largest asteroid. Yes. Well, it just passed over the North Node. And it's in early Taurus. So it'll be there with... Uh, the North Node when it gets there, and Ceres is of course taking care. She's the goddess of growing things and grains, so she becomes very prominent in this. So how uh, we, yeah. we're taking literally taking care of our bodies right now as we go through this, the shift. I love that you brought up Ceres. I think she's so important, and she also mm -hmm. deals with like deep loss, and mm -hmm. so like yeah. kind of like processing through the deep loss that we just our world just isn't the same as it's always been. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. Grief, grief itself, that toggle, I, I like that word toggle, I guess, between the grief that we experience from, as you say, loss, tremendous loss, like no sustenance, to learning how to nurture ourselves and apply that, like as in the mythology, to others to teach them. And that seems to be part of it. Mm -hmm. well, with, the, with the grief, the couple of years of grief that's been accumulating, it's it's actually kind of a relief to think about how the south node is really about what you kind of need to let go of. You need to realize that you have been processing a lot and the wellness that can come, especially as Pluto is going to be dancing with Venus, of releasing and transforming and healing your relationship to yourself and relationships to others. We've lost so much. So we need to re reconnoiter that, you know, take a look yeah. at it differently. I was noticing on Google that the main word that had been Googled last year was hybrid. And it's so fascinating because it's between the old and the new, you know, again, a hybrid, two systems. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we have these two archetypal energies of Taurus, which is Earth, the first Earth sign of body and form and nonverbal, we might add, before Gemini. And then it's polar opposite, which is Scorpio. And I realized we hadn't brought up the chart. Maybe we could bring up the chart. Nathan, if you can do that. We have just a few minutes. And can everybody see that okay? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I'll make my screen bigger so that I can see it too. Yeah, indeed. Now, this is East Coast. So for those people that want to pull it up on their charts, whichever my system you have, it's at 149 p.m. and you could add 30 seconds if you can to get a right exact smack dab at this point so of course this could be for the nation you might look at it that way I but think what, what stands out is really interesting beginning of the sixth house there's i think that's uh 
Aichina, the goddess of health, and yeah. it would be her own house. <laughs> oh, yes. At the beginning of it. On a natural. That's really intriguing. Yeah, in Scorpio. Right? Yeah. Deep health work, you know? Yeah. It's, and, and like bringing the emotional into the health work too, you know, it's like, yeah. it's the deep emotions. It's yeah. gotta, you gotta move through them so that you can uh, release them. And so that the better stuff can come in. This That's might be so also an homage to the, the frontline workers who are dealing with the pandemic is thinking, you know, just uh, so everything right there. I had a teacher who said that um, the body communicates with emotions and it's the job of the spirit to acknowledge the emotions because that strengthens the spirit body connection and so once that is fortified there's more of an ability to heal absolutely it's said in various ways it's a beautiful way of saying it because our body language is not just looking at somebody whether they're crossing their arms or their legs but it's that within you know do we have an ache do we have a pain you know, what's speaking to us and learning that language is absolutely paramount. And again, the law of attraction. It's not just, oh, dream, dream in your head space, which is all part of manifestation, but it's the feeling part of it. Yes. As you said, wisely, you know, between the emotion and the spirit. It's, it's Yeah. I'm really struck by the, the Sun-Pluto conjunction up there. Oh, I mean, how powerful well, is that? That is going to probably begin our whole new conversation after the break, which we still have a little moment here. But isn't that incredible? Later today, like we're now at 1.30 Pacific time. So in three hours, that is going to be exact partile at 26 degrees and 26 minutes, wherever you are, three hours from now. So we're, you know, what, what is that? That is like deconditioning, isn't it? If, I if mean, Pluto is transforming power, very yeah. spiritually powerful, transformative. Yeah. And how do you step into that power? And and because this is the nodal chart, like working with that Taurus North node to kind of move you forward into that power. And <gasps> good. And it's a new cycle. I yes. mean, this, this is like a new cycle of power for all of us. So what's We're, ready to die and transform? We and that links back to fixed that. that links back to fixed energy too, because mm -hmm. that's that condensing moment of bringing power into material matter. Very, very potent. Thank you. We will return. This is a totally beautiful segue of Collected Energies here. And this is Talk Cosmos on January 16, Cosmic Collaboration with Amanda Pierce, John Chinworth, and Julie Anglin. And we will be glad to come back to our great audience. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Capricorn, ruled by Saturn, the furthest visible planet by the eye. By leaving a cycle based on meaningfulness and truth, Capricorn's energy establishes social boundaries in a structure incorporating rules, authority, and ethics. As a cardinal earth sign depicted by a sea goat climbing from the sea up to the top of a mountain, 
Capricorn overcomes fears through goals and ambitions to achieve mastery. Are you tired of your old patterns? Looking for a change? Join me, Amanda Pierce, on a four-week experiential journey to discover who you truly are. Unlock the universal energy within through guided meditation geared to engage the active mind. Learn effective shielding techniques to harness your sensitivities and turn them into strengths. And master an extraordinary manifestation position to co-create with the universe on a deeper level. Class is held Saturdays, January 29th through February 19th on Zoom. Whether you're just starting your spiritual journey or wanting to deepen your connection to Source, this course is appropriate for all levels. For complete details, contact me at amandamoonastrology at gmail.com. You are more powerful than you know. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Hello, this is Kathleen Talevich, physiosynthesis instructor, and you are listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, hosted by Sue Rose Minahan. Alternative Talk, 1150, here to uplift your day. Hi, we're back again. This is January 16th, Cosmic Collaboration, and we're talking about the nodes coming up on the 18th, which is going to be the north node of Taurus and the south node of Scorpio with different rulers and all these dramatic, well, crisis, dramatic, um, self-reliance, all these issues are coming up. So let's talk about resources because they both get involved. The Taurus is self-reliant resources, both internal and external. And Scorpio takes those resources of our own and we exchange it with somebody else on a committed basis so that it gives us life functionality until it does. And I know, Julie, you did this very interesting interview with women, of which I hope to be part of, but I wasn't. And so that had everything to do about women and resources. Perhaps you could oh, yeah. elaborate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It did. It had a lot to do with women and their resources and the emotional undercurrents that really affect their ability to have resources flowing to them. And, um, you know, a lot of the laws of attraction apply here where you can step into the flow of money or you can step out of the flow of money, depending on kind of an emotional tenor that you find But the primary, um, takeaway I've been receiving is that women who tune into their creativity really, really tune into their flow of money very easily. And women who tune out of their creativity often step into scarcity thinking. And I know that sounds kind of like an obvious thing, but it does have so much to do with how, how centered you are within yourself and how, um, 
conscious you are about the energy you're, you're drawing on internally. Um, I interviewed about 40 women and got exhausted by it. It was a lot of energy, but it was also a lot of fun because um, there were a lot of great uplifting stories of women who kind of use their intuition, use their um, uh, unknown resources, it's very Scorpio, to kind of pull themselves through, to get through to good change. That's a, and I think an important factor here that can be elaborated across the board is that you were saying it was about people that may be feeling marginalized because whether you're female as a biological body or whether you're using feminine oriented type interests, you know, because not everything is mainstream in this world that a person could be interested in. A person might feel marginalized, but it's important to, to take, grasp that uh, realization, I guess, that perception. I, I, mm -hmm. I think what you're really talking about is how easy it is to become isolated. And this is true for men and women. So the moment you de-isolate and come into more of a centered self-connection and thereby connecting with other people, it gets you in the flow of life. And, you know, this is a really kind of a Scorpio-Taurus issue as well, because Scorpio is so can be very antisocial and can be very kind of pull away and needing to control what the, what the environment is doing to them. And that's really... Um, kind of a, a, a kind of a primitive way of responding to that pull to growth, to pull to make changes to come out in a different status. So um, it's it's really a profound journey. I like it because I hadn't thought. I thought that Taurus, on the other hand, can be so self reliant that they don't feel they need anybody. So what are they exchanging? I think with a Scorpio, it is that sense. And I, that was a, a, a something I wrote down from our notes that we did too, which was a difference. Taurus, to have and to hold, which had been said, and I expanded it to say for survival, for enduring life's resourcefulness. And then Scorpio, to have and to control for empowerment of life's renewing resources. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was very, uh, it, it will I, follow through. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just, I love that, that perspective on um, kind of needing to be with people and to kind of be in the flow of things. And, and it just makes me think about the Scorpio piece, how it does really hold back. And isn't that really connected to its ability to trust? Mm -hmm. And so I love the, that Jupiter's kind of coming in to Pisces at the same time that the South node is going into Scorpio. So that there's, there's a potential for us to really um, trust our connection to source more so that we can therefore trust our connections to humans more or to, to know which ones, which are the safe humans to be around and which ones are ones we should maybe um, gain some distance from. Yeah, it breaks the barriers with, there's no boundaries with Pisces. John, is something perking in your brain? Yeah, uh, Stephen <laughs> Forrest had an archetype for Taurus. He called it the solid citizen. And I was thinking this is a time to step into solid citizenry where we do the best we can to be the right citizen for what we're going through now. Otherwise, you have the, um, it's kind of dark with the torment of Scorpio that could get out of control. 
right there is purpose to this scorpio because i know for those scorpios they can feel a little personal but wait, wait a minute yeah okay so i may not trust yeah, we all have this, about this sign, you know? right no and, and and it is and it is and there is with every sign there's a just to Absolutely. say but you know so i'm not poking or whatever but i am realizing the purpose it seems because we're talking about fixed things too. There's a fixity and it is a water sign that's ice, right? But there's a depth within it. And I was just thinking how ice, it protects, right? Ice is like um, life. If it's frozen, I mean, they find things, a flower way, way, way back. And then it can, the seeds can bloom again. Mm -hmm. So, but by digging underneath into that emotional psyche of uh, um, life and death process of, I mean, I get trying to explain it versus Pisces, which is forces, because it's all mystic. It's all, but it takes time to get into those areas. Um, An example of um, uh, freezing things to maintain life. I think there's like the International Seed Bank, which is like on some Arctic island, and they're storing all the seeds. Of Norway. The world. Yes. Uh, right. So yeah, they're frozen right. in case we need to use them for another time to build another civilization. I think that's an interesting thing to think about. Yes, indeed. I, I like what you said, Sue, it, that it takes time. I think that's very fixed energy. That's very much honoring that processing time. And we're going to have a lot of time, I think. And I think it's interesting how Jupiter is in Pisces. That might be the cosmic blessing of our time right now with this mm. polarity happening. Because it's going to say, here, take the leisure that you've got and, and change. Heal yourself. Heal your body. Heal your psyche. And get and creative, too, with that. Yeah. I mean, Pisces is a very creative sign. So lots of like, the, the extra space that we have. I mean, there's there's room for for it to blossom into creativity that we just haven't had time for in the past. And it could have freedom because I was looking at that chart, not to pull it up again, but I was noticing that Jupiter is um, right between the two points, the north and the south poles are not um, not poles, but north and south lunar um, nodes, nodes meeting meeting because of the intersection between the two orbits of the sun and the moon are points. And it is not in any, it could be like what they call a paragon or an isolated planet. It's not in contact as far as the basic um, aspects with any other planet. So here we have at this tipping point, just from the mental Gemini Sag to the, I'm not sure about that one, but when the one was Taurus, when it goes into Taurus, it's a free agent. So that's freedom. Yeah, it really is. It's it's like trying to draw on this new ground in in some fashion. It is pretty amazing. Can I go Venus. back to can I go back mm -hmm. to to what John said about the solid citizenry and how that that's an archetype of Taurus? I just find that fascinating. I've never heard that before, but that the North Node will be in Taurus when the U.S. has its Pluto return. And, and so we've been looking at Pluto and it's breaking down like our societal structures and whatnot and like the big institutions. And so real opportunity for us to step into 
what is it to be a citizen and and how do we operate and what do we want out of out of citizenship and you know like what do we really value here with Taurus? Plato, I don't know if it was Plato's time or, and and some of you could help me, but at any rate, during the golden era, oh, yes, in citizenship was considered to be in Greece an act of volunteering. Everybody participated. Mm -hmm. And that if you were not a citizen, unless you participated in Athens. And I've, whenever I consider that, I think of the value. And of course, it's like uh, earth, also being ruled by, uh, well, Earth, Venus, uh, as far, anyway, Taurus, thank you, Taurus with Earth is a common yeah, denominator here. And so volunteering to help towards that uh, reconstruction, besides so many other restorative needs, could be a citizen a real purpose for citizenry. Julie, what's happening? I can see you going, 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 going. Well, I, I, you're funny. You're think, I'm thinking out, out loud, maybe too loudly. No, I, I love was, it. I was sort of flashing on the, the Pluto-Sun conjunction and how we're going to be having these hearings, and, and I don't want to go into the political, but we're going to have hearings televised about things that happened last year. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be kind of dredged up that Scorpio underbelly is going to be kind of coming open out into our awareness more fully. And it does make me think about um, the civility of our society and how it has really been cut asunder so many times over the past five or six years, or more than that. But we've had this gradual erosion of civility in our, in our culture that maybe this will be um, the the energy of having things exposed and then having that solid citizen stuff, maybe that'll help kind of nurture along this sense of we need to be good to each other. We need to and hold ourselves responsible for our place within our culture. Speak out, speak up, have a strong voice, get that iris stuff going, you know, speak up for the issues that really count. Mm. Amanda, you wanted to bring up Venus earlier. I oh, think this yeah. is a great time to do that. Our ruler oh, yeah. in so, Capricorn. <laughs> yeah, so Venus is is ruling the North Node, and it's been on a, a quite a journey through Capricorn, um, and it's it's kind of been this evolution of our relationship structures, which it includes personal relationships. But when we're thinking of Taurus, it's also our relationship to money to our body, our sexuality, beauty, anything Venusian like that. And, and kind of like reevaluation of our family dynamics and our relationship within our society. And that really, I like that, that society piece because that's so interesting with the solid citizenry. And so kind of like saying, what is, what are these traditions um, that I've been holding on to and just operating out of um, kind, kind of like on automatic pilot, what is, what's really working here for me and what can I really let go? And so I'm, I'm really liking that as a way to, as Venus informing, um, Venus's journey informing the North Node. So it's been going, I, when did it go into Capricorn? I'm trying to 
Venus, it was yeah. in December. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty certain. Here. Was it December? Okay. Either. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it's been quite a while, I believe. No, wait. Well, yes, I'm wrong. Wrong. okay. Well, before then, so it was out of bounds um, from October to December, and then in in December it was conjunct Pluto twice. It will be conjunct Pluto again in March. No, I'm um, wrong. So- I think it went into um, in 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 it went into. Um, Venus went into it in uh, this this month, this month of January. My apology. Anyway, go Venus. Ahead. Well, Venus has been in Capricorn for longer than that, at least. Yeah, <laughs> since since November sixth. Okay. Oh, thank okay. You. <laughs> I, okay. Yes, we're talking yeah. about Capricorn. Yes. Never mind. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So when it went into Capricorn, it was already out of bounds. So it was looking to kind of escape the boundaries of what it what it's been held to and kind of find its own individuated idea and expression of of the feminine of money you know everything that that kind of represents Taurus uh and then and then right after it came back in bounds on December 7th it conjuncted Pluto on the 11th of December and then we've so we've kind of been going through this Venus conjunct Pluto phase where we're looking at the kind of obsessive or compulsive or addictive forms of relationship. And that can be to money, to your body, you know, all of this stuff that's, that's very Taurian. In Capricorn, Venus in 2021 conjunct Pluto three times. And this year it will conjunct it two times. It will, yeah, it'll conjunct it on March 3rd. And December 31st, I think. I have the charts out for it, and I've been oh, reviewing it, too. Yeah. So the difference is, is that last year of the nodes, there were differences, right? I mean, who were the, was the composite of the rest of the picture? And the picture was we're in this other framework of thought. We were having our ideas and our, philo- and our belief systems that were going back and forth. Now we're going into resources of one way or fixed thought of fixed energy, not mutable energy that we could shift around, be vocal about. But now it's more the internal. Yeah, go ahead. It, it makes me think a little bit about um, debt. And I know, I know that's not a popular, mm. popular subject, but it, it, does un, it is underscored by the need to make decisions based on commonly held values culturally, right? So when we had the debt ceiling being poked out with our government and we had that huge spending bill and I don't want to go into mundane, but the whole issue is where there might be some reckoning and some questions to be asked and and some things to come out in the open about how much indebtedness do we really want to live with? Because it does impinge on our future generations where they have to deal with monies that we're spending or agreements we're making uh, with resources that will be held culturally for a very long time. And interestingly, and I agree, I mean, I love bringing in mundane myself. We have to, we have to reference. It's almost like getting grounded. It's like, okay, how does it answer for me? But what's happening for everybody? So it's great. But, and with debt, it has been curious to me, not again, not taking sides or anything, but it's like, 
we borrow a lot of money and then we give away a lot of money and like any housekeeping. And I am personal. Well, I will stay. I am personally for helping elevate the level of, 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 of life for the collective because somehow it's, it, it just works anyway. And I, I've got a lot of ideas about that, but now's not the time to bring it up, but it is, a, it will be a subject. Money will be a big subject. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did a little bit of research on previous times that the nodes were in, the, in a similar position. And I have five years here. The most recent was 2003, beginning of the Iraq war. And before that is 1984. And I thought of the AIDS crisis. And, and just a f- like a few years after 84 is when ACT UP started and, and uh, LGBTQ started fighting for recognition and that there was a crisis, right? Uh, before that, it was 1966. How do we ground ourselves in this social revolution going on around us? Mm-hmm. And of course, had, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say Iranus, of course, was conjunct, as right. we know, at that right. time, which is a huge signature. Yeah, right. 47, it was between World War II and the Korean War. I couldn't find anything happening on that date. But uh, the one before that, a year before the stock market crash, 1928. So the party is really going big in the 1920s. Well, and, the, and there was this grounding the, message the, like, is this right? Should we be No, well, the thing? crash was in 29, no. but it was the year before that. And yes, we, Laura, Tad also figure that. You're both these great research people. And I agree. And in 47, we might remember um, one of the issues, well, she brought up the Nuremberg trials, but also Israel became a whole nation. Oh, so right. there were these huge contexts of reestablishing boundaries. And I looked mm. at what Pluto was in each one of those signs. And in, uh, because the one before that, I think, is back to 1911 or 1910. And, of course, that's right around um, World War II. So you had cancer. And progressively, you know, Pluto was in a different sign each one. Um, it, it is really uh, a study. In how, to be, how to be solid citizens in those times. Ah, it's a great, great link. And, and some of the change because there were transformation in each one and sometimes it seemed too like they were on a precipice you know because again transformation the butterfly takes a long time to go into from the cocoon to become a butterfly you know it's, mm-hmm. it's a metamorphosis physical they the whole body changes and you know we have these retrogrades that that happen once following the past and then it goes back and repeats it and where we review it and then we get a chance to go on beyond it however we may look at it but it's not a one-time shot and, and it ha- that cycle repeats so many times so it seems like those years in these years seem to be the four forebears of other the collective energies like the seed compost maybe where uh, things grow out of it that could be one way what a great I'm so glad I want to say to our audience we have two new members I trust they're going to be members with us we have Julie Anglin from the Bay Area north of there Marin County and John Chinworth from the Seattle area with Amanda Pearson myself with Cosmic Collaboration and it's just been a wonderful exchange next week 
we have AstroJam, which is a totally different situation where we have, I think there'll be seven astrologers that are going to take these three mystery charts. It's something else that Susie Kara Wright helped instigate with myself, who's no longer here. As, I, as Amanda and I were discussing, she passed. But, you know, that's also part of the legacy of life, isn't it? We leave a legacy. And I think with um, that isn't particularly in these two signs of Taurus and Scorpio, but it's more about for life. You know, it is that, that, that fixed energy that's saying no matter what. Oh, I know. I wanted to bring up some other things about earth and climate. I was reading about easy water. Have you ever heard about that? Easy. It sounds like E-A-S-Y. No, it's E and a Z. And it acronym. And it's a fourth stage of water because there's a little sound here in the background, kind of like water burbling. I don't know who's, yeah, just to bring attention to it, if we could change something. But easy water goes from ice water to liquid. And then, of course, we know it evaporates. But in that state, it's more of a, like a gel type thing. And it can hold a battery. It can hold light. And oops, <laughs> Sorry. Type. I know it. I've had a lot of that here in Hawaii. Boy, I'm sneezing a lot. So and I'm grateful, not usually. But the point is, it is a resolution. It's a research that's been brought up about how to make, because I guess I'm thinking about the earth and I'm thinking, you know, because we are concentrated on earth. We talked about that before, you know, Taurus and Uranus is in the sign of Taurus. Oh, we have two minutes, rats. Um, <laughs> sorry. But there are positive. It is amazing to see what the renovations will be and what, as you said, solidified citizenry and resources, as you brought up, through our creativity, Julie. And as you, Amanda, have said about deconditioning our values and, and reestablishing in a lot of ways, bringing new context to things. It's going to be well, exciting. and also the, the North node is now in the co in co-presence of Uranus. So a lot of potential um, that they could be working in harmony together. So a lot of um, new inventions or creativity yeah. around, around earth-based things. Yeah. you know and we didn't even bring up art and music but through those languages because there's so many unspoken languages the body's the unspoken language and we have about half a minute here we don't have to just leave immediately so but thank you and to remind our guests to go to talk cosmos look up our people on the biographies and subscribe julie and john if you have something you want to last thought it's so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, thank you so much. I enjoyed it so much. Lots of fun. Yeah. It it's was so treasure. great having you both here. I loved it. Thank yeah. You. Good energy. Well, adieu to the wonderful folk listening. We're going to reach out to you more and more. I'm going to do an email subscription with prizes or contests, and we'll figure it out. We're going to connect. Thank you. And good night. 
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.